Hi, this is Billy White. Welcome. This is episode three of the History Facts Podcast with Billy White. Today, we will talk about a major civil rights case from the late 1990s and early 2000s, the arrests in Tulia, Texas in 1999, and a legal case that followed. And we will have a very special guest, someone who led that legal case. This is, this is the story of Tulia, Texas in the late 1990s. The town of Tulia is a small town in the Texas Panhandle. The town has a population of around 5,000 residents. The vast majority of the people living in the town are white. In fact, only 5% of the population is black. In 1998, a law enforcement officer named Tom Coleman was hired with money from the Department of Justice to go on an undercover investigation in Tulia for 18 months from 1998 to 1999. The investigation resulted in the arrest of 47 people accused of selling cocaine almost all of them black, amounting to about one in five of Tulia's black adult population. Think about that. 20% of the African-American population arrested in just one day. All of those arrested were tried and found guilty by almost all white juries or pled guilty and were given very harsh sentences, totaling about 750 years in prison combined. Many of those convicted did not have any criminal records. At the time, the arrests by Coleman were met with praise, as it had been believed that he had legitimately busted real cocaine dealers. Coleman would even be named the Texas Law Enforcement Officer of the Year for the arrests. However, it would eventually be uncovered that Coleman had committed serious misconduct while undercover. As the evidence unraveled, a couple of cases would be dropped. However, many of the, of the defendants had already been convicted and were imprisoned. This became a major civil rights case that gained a lot of attention. Ultimately, two books would be written about this. There would be a PBS documentary, and the Tulia case would be featured on 60 Minutes, 2020, New York Times, and on Bill O'Reilly's show. There was even supposed to be a movie being written about Tulia and the legal case. The Texas Court of Appeals affirmed the first four cases that came before it, stating Coleman's testimony sufficient to support the guilty verdicts. Meanwhile, however, three white Tulia residents, Charles Kicker, Alan Bean, and Gary Gardner, who said they were offended by what they saw as a travesty of justice, launched a group called Friends for Justice to raise awareness about the arrests. The group brought the story to the attention of Nate Blakesley, a writer for the Texas Observer, who wrote about the case first in June 2000. Blakesley's report attracted the attention of, among others, Vinita Gupta, a lawyer with the NAACP Legal Defense Fund in New York. Gupta assembled a legal team of the major Washington, D.C. law firms, Hogan and Hardson and Wilmer, Cutler, and Pickery, to represent the prison defendants in state proceedings. Those lawyers were able to uncover significant misconduct from Tom Coleman. First, Coleman had a history of being racist. He frequently used the N-word and was known to make racist comments. Evidence also suggests they might have been a member of the KKK. Also, at the time of the arrest, there is no physical evidence to be found, such as drug paraphernalia, weapons, or money. The only evidence of the crimes were from the words of, of Officer Coleman, and there was no other eyewitness to back his claims. It would, later be, it would later be revealed that Coleman had a very shady record in law enforcement, according to, according to reports from other counties. Coleman was not mentally stable and had already been arrested for stealing during the investigation. Furthermore, Coleman did not follow standard procedure during the investigation. 
He did not have an officer eyewitness, did not use photo or video, or video evidence, did not use a wire, and kept only record and only kept records of the supposed drug dealers by handwriting notes on his leg. In addition, the prosecutor knew that Coleman had been arrested in 1998 in nearby Cochrane County on charges of, among other things, using a county debit card to buy gasoline for his personal use. The prosecutor had learned of Coleman's arrest in July 1999, but had legally withheld that information from defense lawyers, and it did nothing when Coleman testified they had never been arrested. Lawyers were able to get a hearing in March 2003 to hear this significant misconduct. After Coleman testified in the hearing in March 2003, the judge found that he had committed blatant perjury and branded him the most devious non-responsive law enforcement witness this court has witnessed in 25 years on the bench in Texas. At this point, the legal team filed cases for all the defendants who remained in prison and began negotiations with the state to settle all the cases, not only the four that had been heard. The prosecutors agreed to the judge's findings and joined the, the defense team in recommending that the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals vacate all the convictions Meanwhile, on April 24th, Cullen was indicted by a Swisher County grand jury on three counts of perjury. On January 14th, 2005, Coleman was convicted of perjury. He was sentenced to 10 years probation. The following June, Terry McGeekern, the prosecutor who illegally concealed Coleman's criminal history and suborned his perjury, was held to account by the state bar of Texas. He was allowed to continue practicing law, but but was publicly sanctioned and placed on two years probation, meaning that should he be caught doing anything else illegal or unethical during his probation, the consequence could be serious. The events that happened in Tulia led to the Texas legislature passing laws that additional evidence was required to prosecute drug crimes. The drug task force that Cohen worked with was shut down and its supervisors disciplined. Thus the story of Tulia. Now today, we have a very special guest. That special guest is my dad, who worked on the legal case in Tulia. So why do you think this was, this was a civil rights case? Well, first of all, thank you for having me um, on your podcast. Uh, this was a civil rights case because 20% of the African-American adult population in the town was arrested. They were arrested on the word of, the, of one undercover officer who had a racist past. Uh, they were mistreated by the prosecution who failed to uh, live up to, the, to their obligations. Uh, and also, um, really, they were failed by the criminal justice system because they weren't provided with attorneys uh, that could actually effectively defend them. So, Amal, um, uh, how would you end up in this case? Well, um, we ended up with this case because my law firm that I was at at the time in Washington um, is a firm that has a rich pro bono tradition and has worked in lots of civil rights cases. And we were contacted by the NAACP Legal Defense Fund to assist them. So who's your client? Well, we really had two clients. I mean, the first was Joe Moore, who was a retired hog farmer, about 60 years old. Um, and uh, he was accused of selling cocaine on two occasions to Tom Coleman, which he completely denied. Um, and he, had a, he has this very colorful story uh, about how he only met Tom Coleman once and actually threw him off his property um, 
at that time and, and never purchased drugs uh, from him. And our second client really was all of the Thule defendants. We were involved leading the um, the strategy and leading the the efforts to um, to free uh, all of the defendants that were charged. So, what did it feel like to visit your client in prison? Well, um, we did visit uh, Joe Moore in prison um, a couple times. Uh, prison is a scary place. He was in a medium security prison uh, in Texas, which is not a uh, a fun place. But uh, it, I'm sure it's worse if you're actually there and you can't leave. Um, we were there to meet with Joe uh, and to work with Joe, uh, and we were treated quite well by the guards and by the by the warden. But prison is a scary place. Was Tom Cohn at the hearing? And if you and if he was, what what did you think about him? Well, Tom Coleman was at the hearing, um, and uh, he was on the stand for two days. Uh, he largely um, lied uh, on the stand for two days and said a number of things that could easily be interpreted as racist. Um, and really, it's his testimony at the hearing which. Um, caused the Tulia defendants to, to be free. I will say that um, Tom Coleman was the son of a Texas Ranger. And, you know, the Texas Rangers are a legendary law enforcement agency. And so when Tom Coleman came for the hearing, he was surrounded by people who had worked with his father, uh, active duty Texas Rangers. Um, but when he left after his just awful performance, he left by himself with no one, uh, no one with him. So what did you do to set them free? Well, um, the, the the effort to free uh, these defendants um, was um, one that took place over a long period of time. It wasn't something that was quick. Um, there was a long period of time gathering facts and information that we could establish uh, so that we could establish that Tom Coleman was a, a liar, that he was racist, and that he had perjured himself uh, at the various trials that um, that had been held. So there was a lot of preparation work to go into that, gathering a lot of evidence. We took depositions, um, and uh, that all culminated in a hearing in March um, uh, of 2003 where um, we had all the witnesses on the stand in front of a judge, uh, and the ultimate result of that hearing was that we won and all the defendants were uh, were were set free. Last question. Why, why do you think this happened? Well, um, one of the main reasons this happened was race. Uh, the defendants were targeted because of their race by a, uh, a racist um, officer. Um, and when they protested and, and, and claimed their innocence, uh, no one believed them. And I think that had a racial element as well. Uh, no one believed that they were, uh, they were innocent. No one believed that the police officer was uh, was wrong, um, and it really took our investigation um, and then the hearing to establish that uh, that in fact um, many of those defendants were innocent, and in fact they were wrongfully um, they were wrongfully convicted. Um, they also couldn't really afford um, decent lawyers, and in Texas there's an issue um, because there's no public defenders and. Lawyers get retained to represent people in cases. And in the Joe Moore case, the lawyer who represented him spent only 30 minutes um, 
as part of his case, and, and Joe Moore was sentenced to 90 years in prison. So thank you uh, for joining us, and thank you for everyone listening uh, to uh, be here today. And we hope you have learned a lot about Julian. Thank you. See you next time. All right, that one.